U X Jobs Podcast. Let's go. I'm sitting at home. The phone rings. Someone calls me and says, hey, I'd love to use your services as a UX designer. I hear you're freelance or I saw your portfolio or whatever it is. Typically for me, it starts with a phone call. On the phone call, I have a certain set of questions that I ask. Do you have designers currently? Are you guys funded? What problem are you trying to solve? I ask all the questions that I need answered to determine for me whether or not this is a a client that I want to pursue moving forward with. If it is, then the next step in my flow is I schedule an in-person or video conference for an hour. I start to requirements gather, enough for me to create what's called a statement of work or an SOW. What services would you want me to provide and at what time frame? And once I get all of that information and I really understand, after the meeting is over, then I I write what's called a statement of work. And I have a template that I use, which clearly maps out all the parts and pieces, the estimation of time, um, who's involved, payment arrangement. I, I like to be paid in thirds. Some amount at the very beginning, some at a halfway point, which we determine together, and then a final third at the end. I send it off for approval. They make adjustments to it. I sign it digitally. They sign it digitally, and then we set a start date. And I find that if I don't, if I don't have something defined or I don't have something signed, I really increase the risks that I will not actually get paid either on time or ever. What are your thoughts there? <laughs> I follow a very similar path. And, uh, you know, to, to that point, though, even if you have a signed contract, I've had clients pull out and not pay us. So, you know, it, it is a sign of a piece of paper. It, it only offers so much as much protection as I think the trust and the behavior of the person, because ultimately then, you know, if they don't pay you, then you got to decide, well, how much money am I really, what's at stake? And then I now I have to engage a lawyer and pay them. If the cost of doing that is equal to or greater than the amount in question, then I'm like, really, it's a lose-lose situation, right? And then it's my, my only recourse is just to keep nagging them uh, and then blacklist it somehow. That said, I don't start anything until there's a, some sort of written commitment. Uh, for long-term clients where I've worked with them before and I know they're good for the money, I generally will, if they need to, if they have a rush project and they were still working out this, you know, trying to get the signature, I generally, I can, am flexible enough to just go ahead and start. And they do appreciate that and, and it's usually worked out. You know, hey, the, the budget is in the process of getting approved, but hey, this is due you know, in X amount of weeks, and if we didn't get moving, uh, if I've worked with them before and we have a history, that's fine. If I've never worked with them, you know, nothing gets done until there's a signed piece of paper and a deposit. Especially with new clients, for new people, I would strongly recommend definitely getting a deposit, especially if you're working with startups, because you never know what's going to happen. You never know if they're leading you on about their finances. So uh, I wouldn't risk it. Definitely requiring a deposit is a marker or indication of at least, you know, some sort of level of seriousness. I do follow pretty much very similar to what you do. Uh, If I have a client, I try to categorize them in terms of, you know, whether it's a small opportunity, medium or big. And if it's a medium or big opportunity, even the first contact, I would like to meet them in person uh, because, you know, I think that just sets the tone of the type of service we want to provide is, you know, very hands-on, high-touch quality service, right? And plus, you have that level of trust. 
if you never meet the person, don't ever want to meet them, and they're just very transact, you treat them as a very transactional relationship. I think that doesn't engender trust uh, and a, a level of more beyond that, right? Like I think people want, people want to work with people they know, people they feel comfortable with. If it's a big enough opportunity for me, I'd like to meet them in person, definitely, and uh, you know, create some sort of rapport. We have enough coming work now that. Um, what I do is, you know, you ask all these questions. We ask all those questions too. What we've done is we've gone a step further and we created a Google Docs form of this questionnaire. The reason for this is so that it's it's a process, right? Like I may forget to ask certain questions, but if I have a questionnaire in front of me, uh, I know I need to ask all these questions, right? Like same thing with you. Like, hey, are you funded? Uh, what type of service do you need? So one one question is like mark mark all the services that apply to your project. Do you want user experience design? Do you want UI design? Do you need a website? Do you need a mobile app? Do you need a tablet app? Mobile uh, website does it have to be mobile responsive? Do you need logo? Do you need an app icon? Uh, do you need branding? Do you need front end development? Do you need SEO? So on and so forth, right? Like people sometimes assume, and if you assume incorrectly, then you've misquoted your project. So you're like, oh, I thought the UX included the code, and I'm like, uh, no, that's a separate project or a separate amount of work. Other things we ask other than is, is this, the timeline. Like, when do you, they call you and say, we need this done by Friday. I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's, that's one expectation. Also, another important thing is the literacy of your client, meaning are they technical? Have they worked? You want to understand their, you know, if this is their first rodeo, right? We, we work with first-time entrepreneurs or non-tech entrepreneurs sometimes. And, you know, they don't even know what wireframes are. We, we give them wireframes. Like, why is this in black and white? You have to understand the literacy of your, your audience as well. So we That's a really good them, point. Have you worked with a tech product, you know, tech company before? Do you, have you worked with a design agency before? Do you understand what the deliverables are? Right, like you know, they send those. Yeah, we got our own engineer. Okay, well, we're going to send you a sketch file. That's our deliverable. What's a sketch file? You know, and this engineer's never heard of sketch. So those are the things you have to establish because they were expecting someone else, something else. An engineer may expect all the assets to be pre-sliced and pre-exported for you. Uh, who is the decision maker? That's one mistake I made very early on where uh, we dealt primarily with the CTO in the beginning, and the project was pretty much almost done. And then the CEO comes in and he's like, I don't like this. This is all wrong. And then the CTO is like, well, you know, I defer to the CEO. Well, the project's already been signed off. Everything's pretty much done. And we had to restart the project all over again wow. because the key decision maker was not involved until the very end. And that was a huge mistake. So now we learn I'm like, okay, who are the decision makers? Who can veto all this? Well, they need to be involved early on or every step of the way because you don't want to eat that cost. You were made to believe that somebody was responsible and then they don't have any decision-making power. Brand-specific brand guidelines, for example. Do you have, a, you know, if you're working for a big company with an established product, you need those brand guidelines or design guidelines, color schemes, all that stuff. You need logos, and, you know, the right stuff. These are just some of the questions. So, you, you know, as you get working, you kind of have to learn all these things that you have to ask. Um, so what we've done is we have a new project intake questionnaire uh, and what's really nice about that is I don't have to go through this process. If I'm too busy, I can even have a junior designer ask all these questions just by sending them the link of the new project form. You know, the designer who even just started on board can just go through and just get the answers. And then once we get the answers, now we have a sense of what the project is like. 
I think that is so, so important. It sets expectations with the client. It makes it easy to disseminate. Great feedback.